as we continue this in-depth look at charity, we're finding out what charity is and what charity does. My name is Lincoln, and you're listening to That's the Truth. This is part three, and we're going back into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So get your Bible so you can read along with us. We're going to look at how charity vaunteth not. And as we define what vaunting is, we find out that there's two ways to vaunt, by words or by works. And remember, charity doth not vaunt. Is charity working in you? In case you've missed parts one and two, you can go to tttpodcast.life. That's www.tttpodcast.life, where you will be able to download this program, or you can listen to it as often as you like, whenever you would like, and you can do this for free. We've made this site available at no charge. So tell your friends and family how they too can be blessed with the anointed preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Now, let's get back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Also, we're going to be reading from Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, as well as in the book of Jude, verse 25. Get your Bible so you can read with me. Do not miss one word that God has for you and I today. Directly from the Word of God, you're listening to That's the Truth. Uh, a brother was saying, if we look at, and this is the teaching of James, where he says if somebody comes in with a rich apparel or nice clothes or a gold ring, and he gets a better seat than the other, if James is teaching the church in his day that we don't treat our brothers and our sisters like that. Again, this goes back to what I was saying, where as one body, we, there is only one, but we glorify one body. We are all on, on that level. There is no, and a sister's picked up and said, there's no judgment whatsoever. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Paul teaches us that the uncomely parts, their functions are really important, even though we don't mention them, even though they're covered up and they're not seen, they better not be seen. They're covered up and such. As far as the body is concerned, we need those parts to function. And when they don't function, Paul says, the body is in trouble. So when I see somebody that is blessed, when I see somebody that is with the richly apparel or the gold ring or, or shows up in church in the, in the sports car, since we're talking about the sports car, Again, the, the point where I started to make was not to have the resolve, well, brother works hard, brother got this inheritance, or I would have that too, but I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. See, this is one thing, charity doesn't do that. And this goes into what you brought up as far as the judgment, saying, looking at brothers saying, well, his parents were rich, or he inherited uh, a company, or, or he was able to go to school with a good job. And so we are all one body. So the little finger can only lift so much, but the, four, the pointer finger, is that the pointer finger? The pointer finger, which gets the point, the little finger never gets the point. But the pointer finger gets the point. So you still need, amen, try to do something without one or the other. You still, you're going to miss that finger. So one's not more important than the other. It just, it does different things. So as far as the body of Christ is concerned, when we have different priorities in life, so if somebody works hard and they're not married, and be it a man or a woman, they work hard, they, they don't have time to get married, they don't have time for their children, so they won't have children, and their business can thrive or they can spend more time on their business because they don't have other aspects. Then you have somebody that's got two kids, three kids, or one kid or something, they're more family-oriented, so they're less, their assets are different and such, but we all need each other. And we, this is, we all need each other. And again, when the flesh begins to have that resolve, and this is how this teaching kind of came up, where sister says, well, you know, that's all right. They work hard or they inherit. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. The flesh cannot justify the flesh. We are not justified by the flesh. We are justified by the by the Spirit of God. If we allow the flesh to begin to justify and come up with all these excuses, we walk away sad. Well, had I been born with his rich parents, had I have a rich uncle like, or a rich aunt or a rich, you know, whatever. I, th again, that troubles, that's trouble in the land. 
That's trouble in my mind. It gives me, it's trouble in my heart. And the flesh always wants to justify. Oh, well, sister deserves it. Brother deserves it. And what you say it takes away from what? It, exactly. That's the point. Thank you, sister, for getting, and I believe I mentioned this, but it bears repeating. The, instead of talking about the rich uncle or the business, you know, somebody can have a good mind for business. Some people are good. Some people can work all by themselves and make, make good money. Some people know how to make other people's work, you know, as far as being a good boss, a good employer, and they're good with employees. Some people aren't good with employees, so don't bother. If you don't have patience to teach someone, go be a Walmart greeter and earn, a, 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 you know, and humble by yourself. Or you, Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we begin to have this resolve then again, God is removed from the picture and we're talking about rich uncle, we're talking about rich inheritance, we're talking about his business savvy, his university degree. These are all things that's needed. The ministry needs a skilled laborer that comes out of high school and lands the job for whatever, just like the ministry needs somebody to graduate from university and become the, the doctorate or the bachelor of arts or whatever, the degrees. You know, that's all. So if somebody spends five years studying to get the degree, but somebody says, I'm just gonna go straight to work, it's all good be found within the plan of God and glorify God Amen. with whatever you have, with whatever you're touching. Because the flesh wants to, as I said, the flesh is trying to justify certain things to make the flesh feel good. It's never going to work. The flesh will never allow the flesh to feel good. It's always going to want. When we are justified by the Spirit, we're not justified by our heart. We're not justified by our mind. We're not justified by our soul. We are justified by the Spirit. And that justification, again, comes from doing. Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. The same shall be justified. So with charity, there's no envies. There's no jealousies. There's no covening. We cannot make a resolve for the flesh based on someone else's blessing. That's carnal. If we make a resolve, if I look and say, well, your brother worked hard for that. Again, that may be true, but you're putting yourself, you're allowing yourself to be subject to carnal, to carnality. And then the envies come. You envy the position, you envy the job, you envy his degree. And the Bible, then we're not working with charity because charity does not, does not envy. And going back to what I said, I'm, so, I'm on your side. I see my brother in need or I see my brother blessed. I am on your side. You are on my side as much as I'm on your, I am praying for you, you're praying for me. We're going to make sure that we come out of this together. We're on the same side because we pray for each other. We pray for one another. I'm not envying, I'm not competitive, I'm not coveting. We are working together at this. I see a brother in need, I say, brother, what do you need? And I'm blessed. If brother needs some finances for his bus pass or for the children's bus pass, or they need some groceries or something, I get blessed because that's my alms, that's my offerings, that's my charity in action. Blessing my brother, blessing my sister, or even if they're not a brother and sister, somebody in the street. God doesn't like to see anybody hungry, that's scriptural. So we can do what we can do as far as our alms is concerned. It puts ourselves without resolve. Just doing what God wants us to say without trying to make up an excuse for brother or for sister. So it's not that I want the credit, but I'm praying for you. And if my prayers work, you're getting blessed because I'm praying for you. And if your prayers, if your fastings work, if you're good with God, if you're, if you're you don't know, understand what I'm saying, good with God, if you have, you know, you pray, you have good contact with God, you're praying for me, I would want you to pray for me, praise God, because we're on the same side. We're growing together, we're living together, and again, you're blessed, my prayers are working, because I pray for the blessing of my brothers and sisters, just on a daily basis. Again, I'll, I'll repeat this, God doesn't respect 
So if God's going to bless my brother, God's going to bless me. Because my brother, myself, we're all in the same, we're at that level. We're children. God doesn't have any grandchildren. God doesn't have any nieces and nephews. We are children of his covenant. It's one generation. It's, this is not multi-generational. God has sons and that's it. No grandsons. There's not another generation. We become sons and daughters of God. We are all firstborn. If you go back into Mosaic law, Old Testament, the firstborn always got 25% more of the inheritance because he was firstborn. We are all firstborn. Therefore, we get the good inheritance because through Christ, the Bible teaches us that we are firstborn. Amen. We're washed in the same blood. Pardon me. Yes, first fruits of his creatures, another verse. Praise God. We're all washed, again, putting us in the same level. We're all washed in the same blood. Amen? Amen. That we're all washed in the same blood. We're all walking in the same spirit. So that puts us on that same level. Doesn't matter what you drive, what you need to drive. It doesn't matter what I wear or what you need to wear. Regardless, we're washed in the same blood of Christ. We're walking in the same spirit. Again, there's no schism with my doctrine because there is only one doctrine. There's no separation. We are all all on that same level. Do you understand? Do you believe that? Book of Acts. I'm just going to read two, three scriptures to back up what I said or what I have been saying. And then, um, then we'll change the order. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then, And I'm going to read three verses. And if you don't pick up on why I'm picking these three verses, I'll, I'll explain to you why. I'm going to read them very quickly. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Can someone say amen? amen. Okay, Ephesians 6, 9. We read what Peter said. Now we're going to read what Paul said. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Ephesians 6, 9. I'll wait till you get there. It's the last line I want to read. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Now that's Paul. Amen. So when we say that God is no respecter of persons, it's important. Peter said it. Paul said it. Now let's read what James said. James chapter 2 in the first verse. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. We touched on this with the, the apparel. We're in that chapter where the man comes in with a nice ring or the woman comes in with a fancy dress. You see, you don't do that. Amen. In the same chapter, James chapter 2, verse 9, if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. So as God does not respect persons, we do not respect persons. You want God to respect you, start respecting somebody else. Then you'll see how God will sit there and say, hang on, this is not a son, this is not a daughter. But when it comes to God's children, as I said, as God's servants, we read this, Peter said it, Paul said it, James is teaching it. You look at the abundance, and I mentioned this, the abundance that Abraham had and the the wealth that he was surrounded with, yet he dropped everything to go save a brother, his nephew. He left everything behind his family, and he he did what he had to do to make sure that his family would be protected, to make sure that his family would not be suffering. And this blessing that Abraham has belongs to us, and because God is just, God is no respecter of persons. So don't look at what I have. Don't look what a sister has. Go look at what Abraham has. Because his substance, I think, is greater than any of all our substance. I don't care how big your house is or how many sheep you have in your barn. Abraham had more. His substance, his servants. Do any of us have servants here? There you go. So we are already out of the game. 
Anyway, because Abraham had servants and his servants probably had servants. I don't know. When you look at this, but that promise that Abraham had, we, it belongs to us today. If we can only believe it, if we can only take the word of God for what it is and take God, say, God, here I am. Amen. And begin to respond to God and respond to his word the way Abraham had it. A man of faith that he had. Praise God. Look at the blessing that people had, the knowledge that that man was given. Instead of making his cattle wander around looking for food for miles and miles trying to find food and water and you know what happens when you walk you lose all that weight and burn off all those calories so Abraham was he was the seller I mean his beef was the beef to buy because his beef had his there was meat on those bones because Abraham had the wisdom coming from God to dig down the wells, and my cattle's not going to walk 30 miles to get a drink. He's just going to come right here to the well because God says you dig down here and there's water. That's how Abraham ran his business, with God. And all the people around him, nobody was buying their cows because their, their cows were skinny because they had no water. They had to wander the desert looking for water and whatever. This is how Abraham prospered, with his knowledge coming from God. And this belong, we serve the same God. God doesn't respect. God, if you're in business tonight, God, give me some of that knowledge. Sitting, I don't want to dig wells. No, give them, God is not, I mean, he's just not a well digger. He'll give you knowledge in whatever you want to touch. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a, uh, whatever business you're in, a builder, a constructor, whatever it is. God, call upon God and say, God, teach me. Show me something that nobody else has because God is a creator. God will create that knowledge. God will give it to you. He's just. He doesn't deal unrighteously with his children. That's what the Bible teaches us. So are we the children of God? Yes. Amen. Praise God. I thank God for that. Don't. And again, I'm going to say something, and I've preached on this before, the supplier and the supply. When I said don't connect yourself to the supply, connect yourself to the supplier. The supply will always run out, but the supplier is God. God will never run out. God is inexhaustible. If I'm connected with God, I have nothing to worry about. I get my fancy sports car, good enough. But in 10 years, that's going to be a rust bucket just like anything else or half the other things on there. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's true. It needs maintenance. It needs, it needs, it needs what it needs. That's what I, I know. I thank God for that. Some of you know the kind of work that I've done as, in the, as, a, as a technician. And I sat in a man's Ferrari. He wouldn't let me drive. But anyways, I sat, in a, I sat in his Ferrari and he's telling me this and that, saying how much is whatever. And he was open with everything, but he still wouldn't let me drive. But anyways, I could drive his Porsche, but I couldn't drive his Ferrari. He says, you got to. But anyways, he, and, and he told me, he says, the fer insurance and maintenance is $25,000 a year for his Ferrari. He's not, he's not a saved person. He's not. I pray for him because there you like. Anyways. And so I'm sitting there going, my car is not even $25,000 a year. I, I can, like, he's saying maintenance and gas and brakes and oil and all this. So if you can't, so he's got the car, but I can't even, do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? I drive by a big house and go, oh, look at that big house. And I see all the lights on going, I can't even afford to pay the light bill of that big house. So these are things that are not required. Unless I put, find myself in a position where you yeah, have, have a house with a thousand lights, good for you. If you're serving God and doing, do you understand what I'm saying? When we put ourselves in this position, the, the, keep the flesh from connecting to these things, which is, again, as I said, is the carnal things of the flesh. God is spiritual. We receive from the spirit. I don't want to be, and I'm going to conclude with this. One last point I want to do. When, when envy comes up to the surface, when we begin to envy, there is... And I'm speaking this from my flesh. Condemnation also becomes a part of it. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them 
which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the, but after the, for the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So again, when we're carnal, when we're walking in the flesh, after the flesh, then the, we have envy, amen, and it just doesn't end there. The ambition comes in, the condemnation is there, and then this is where the schism, this is where the unity is broken. And I'm going to end with this. And this is where the, the peace of the body of Christ, the unity is broken because all of a sudden somebody is put up, I don't want to use the word pedestal, but somebody is better than the other. We can't treat. Uh, if you have more food in your fridge, you can't treat the person with a smaller fridge or less food any different. If you have more food in the fridge, you, you might end up giving of some of that food. And usually people that have more food in the fridge, just less gets eaten or rather more, just, more gets end up spoiled. Even that's what happens because I mean, we're not careful with the things that we have. So you can't allow any of these things to create any type of superiority complex or any kind of mind, because the next word, we're going to end tonight, uh, but the next word is envy. Do you remember what the next word is after envy does not envy? Envy does not vaunt. Amen. So that, this is where we're going to start this to the next, when we turn the CD on, this is where we're going to start the next, tomorrow afternoon, and we're going to get into that. So, and we're, I'm leading into that, where the condemnation, where if I analyze my goods compared to somebody else's good, you're not wise that compare themselves amongst yourselves. There's another scripture verse that we can look up and find it, get it for tomorrow. So this is part of the charity that if we have, and say, well, how important is charity? Without it, you are? Without, without it, no matter what you do, it... Profits? Nothing. So is charity important? So, so if charity doesn't envy, as soon as envy gets into play, charity gets out of play. Charity gets, is removed out of the picture. So what does the devil want? To envy, to vaunt, to be puffed up and such. And we're going to continue with this teaching. We'll end it with that. Praise God. Let's give God a good hand for where we're at. What's his name again? Praise God. Well, this concludes Charity Part 3. Just in case you missed Parts 1 and 2, you can go to tttpodcast.life where you'll be able to listen to the entire series of this teaching along with other programs. Or you can download these files and be blessed with the Word of God whenever and wherever you would like and as often as you would like. This podcast site is free of charge, so tell your friends and family that they too can be blessed. There's more coming right up. I'm so glad that you're spending this time with us today. My name is Lincoln, and you're listening to That's the Truth.